0: being an Old Testament prophet <laughs> um, uh, Jeremiah chapter 13 I uh, just want to read the first uh, first phrase here again for you Jeremiah 13 verse 1 thus says the Lord go buy a linen loincloth uh, this is called uh, a sign act uh, it's kind of a, a maybe a churchy theological way of saying it and um, periodically throughout the Old Testament there would be these sign acts that God asked the prophets to do uh, so a sign act is essentially a living object lesson, right? A prophet is somebody who hears a word from God and then uh, shares it with the people of God. And uh, and sometimes they wouldn't just speak it, right? They would have to actually live it out. Uh, and so uh, this is one of those chapters. It's one of those moments in history when Jeremiah has to—you're going to um, you're gonna kick the water right there, buddy— there you go. Uh, it's one of those moments where God has to, uh, Jeremiah has to live out uh, this message from God. So so, so let's just kind of poke into that a little bit. Uh, first of all, when, when we talk about sign acts, there's usually things that represent other things. It's kind of like a parable in the New Testament. Uh, there's there's kind of representations of things uh, for other things. So in this case, right, Jeremiah in the story kind of represents God. So whatever Jeremiah does is what God is doing. And uh, the loincloth represents well, you, uh, the people of God, uh, so to speak, uh, the, the, the nation of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, uh, more specifically. So uh, a loincloth, uh, pretty interesting. If you're uh, following along in your Bible, it might say a linen belt. Um, Just to be quite honest, I think that's a poor translation. They're probably trying to be nice or be generous um, to what's actually being said here. Because what God is saying is, hey, Jeremiah, go buy a brand new pair of Hanes or fruit of a loom right he's saying hey go buy a brand new pair of underwear that's what a loincloth is that's the best kind of probably english modern day translation equivalent uh, to what jeremiah is supposed to go out and buy a loincloth a pair of underwear (laughs) Um, and and the word linen here is uh, is probably uh, significant uh, because um, uh, loincloths at this time in, uh, in history, right, there was probably uh, many people who didn't wear one at all. Um, uh, they just couldn't afford it or didn't do it. Um, uh, several people were probably wearing leather loincloths. That's what most of them were made of. It would have been soft leather, we have to assume, uh, but uh, leather loincloths, right? And, uh, and then uh, this word linen comes up, and, and it's pretty interesting because um, there's only one people group that we're supposed to wear linen loincloths. Uh, God himself prescribed it in the book of of Leviticus and said that the priestly class, the priests of the day, were supposed to be the ones that wore the linen loincloths. So um, just see what's happening here, right? Uh, The people of God are represented by the loincloth, by the underwear, and, uh, and priests represent God to the world. Um, they, they represent God in the holy spaces and places, especially the temple. So, so they stood in the temple, and they were the, the, the sort of representation of God. People were supposed to look at the priest and say, oh, God is in this place, right? And the, and the priest did the, the work of the sacrifice. They took care of the temple and the holy space, but, but they were supposed to represent God. So the people of God, Judah and Jerusalem, um, are supposed to be representations of God to the rest of the world, Right. That's what uh, the whole point here is, um, that, uh, that the rest of the world, the nations, should be able to look at the people of God, Judah and Jerusalem, and, uh, and say, oh, that's what God is like. That's how God works in this world. Uh, they were supposed to be um, a people uh, that had a, a name given by God. Uh, they were supposed to, to bring praise and glory to God. Uh, that says that down in uh, verse 11 or 12. So um, so, so the people had a very uh, special uh, job to represent God to the world around them. Uh, Jeremiah, go buy a linen loincloth. Uh, this is not uh, particularly difficult uh, to be a prophet in this moment. And there's nothing really all that weird about it. Although we might kind of question it if God says, hey, go buy some new underwear. But uh, that's besides the point, right? Uh, So it's nothing all that strange or unusual uh, at this point. Um, Underwear is useful. It serves a purpose. It's very helpful. Um, It starts to get weird in the next phrase because God says, hey, go buy a linen loincloth and wear it and do not dip it in water. Uh, Don't wash it. Don't take it off and don't wash it. Go buy a linen loincloth, wear it, don't take it off, and don't wash it. (laughs) Um, uh, At at this time in history, right, they didn't have seven, 14, 20, I don't know how many pairs of underwear y'all have, uh, but um, they didn't have a lot of underwear. They had one. They wore it all day. They would take it off at night. They would dip it in water, right? They would clean it, and then it would air dry overnight, and then, of course, they would uh, wear it the next day and repeat the process. But God says, hey, Jeremiah, do not dip it in water. Don't wash it. Now let's kind of just uh, think about that from two perspectives. Uh, First of all is the perspective of Jeremiah. (laughs) Jeremiah has to wear this thing. It's going to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you don't have too much experience of wearing underwear that hasn't been washed for several days in a row. Uh, But hopefully you also know that really, even sometimes just after one day or two days, underwear is less appealing to wear if you haven't washed it. (laughs) And so that's happening here for Jeremiah. He's supposed to wear and keep wearing this underwear that has not been washed. It's going to be uncomfortable. And of course, it's going to be smelly. Uh, Just imagine how Jeremiah feels having to wear this. It's tough being an Old Testament prophet. (laughs) Um, it's going to be uh, less and less appealing to him. So, so just make the connection, right? Jeremiah is representing God here, and the people of God are the loincloth that have become smelly, dirty, uncomfortable to be around. And then uh, put yourself um, in the shoes of people that are around Jeremiah. Jeremiah walks into a room, and what do people do? They go, Woo! bad." What you been up to there, Jeremiah? (laughs) Right? Because it's been days since he's washed his underwear. This is what starts to happen with the people of God, with the nations as they look at the people of God. The nations look at the people of God and they no longer are appealing. They are no longer pulling people towards God. Now they are repulsing people from God. Oh, that's what your God is like? Um, The people no longer, the nations uh, no longer give praise and glory to God. Now the people of God are repulsing the nations away from God. Um, And you see there on the screen, right, Jeremiah tells us two specific things that over time have made them uh, dirty and smelly. Uh, Specifically, right? they aren't listening and they have pride. So um, that that first uh, not listening piece, we talked about that last week. Uh, This is a a deal where they are not listening to God's words from the past. Uh, They are not people of scripture. They're not reading all of scripture. Maybe they're just zooming in on a certain part of it, a certain aspect of it. They're not listening, not paying attention uh, to how God uh, wants life to be done. And, and they're not taking time, uh, intentional time, to be with, with God and say, hey God, what do you have to say to me today? What do you want to show me today? And then responding to it. They're not listening to God. And this is the first time we've seen this in Jeremiah where, where, where God says, hey, you are full of pride. Uh, to be prideful means that you are exalting yourself. It means that you're putting yourself on a pedestal. Um, they were supposed to be putting God on a pedestal. Instead, they were putting themselves up there on a pedestal. They were making themselves the most important thing. They, they were making themselves the most significant thing. And, uh, and, and you know what happens when you start to be full of pride? Do you know whose voice you listen to? Your own, right? Because you're the most important voice, Nobody else knows your situation as well as you. Nobody else knows as much as you know. Why would you listen to anyone else? The people of God have uh, repeatedly not listened and they are full of pride and it has made them dirty and smelly and that makes them a poor representation of God to the world. And so we just kind of have to pause and ask the hard question, um, how are we doing at representing God to the world? Are we a good representation of who God is and how he works? Or are we kind of more on the dirty, smelly side of representing God? And maybe these two things particularly are, are, are you know sins uh, that we are carrying around, and, and these two things are the things that make us dirty, and maybe there's, there's other things in our life that's making us dirty and smelly. God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go buy a linen loincloth and wear it and do not dip it in water. And then Jeremiah goes out and he does that. Uh, and then it gets um, maybe not weirder, but uh, we see where this goes. God says, hey, Jeremiah, go to the Euphrates River and uh, bury it. Hide it in the cleft of the rock. Um, Uh, Just a little bit of a a side tangent here. The Euphrates River is a a three or four month journey away from where Jeremiah is in Jerusalem. Um, So it's very possible that God is saying, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to wear that uncomfortable, rigid, smelly, dirty underwear for three or four months worth of journey to the Euphrates River. And then you could take it off and bury it. Um, uh, there 's also a textual variant that a lot of commentators kind of uh gravitate towards and uh, and and uh, that textual variant makes it a river that 's only five miles away from Jerusalem, but either way that 's still going to be a day 's worth of walking uh, it 's a it 's a five mile trek that Jeremiah has to make in rigid, dirty, unclean underwear, smelly before he gets to bury it. Either way, the point is the same, um, that what do you do with unclean, smelly things? You bury it. Uh, our reaction might be to wash it. Um, uh, that's how a lot of people would respond because we live in 2019 and we know, yeah, if something is smelly, if something is dirty, just throw it in the washing machine, it'll be fine. They don't have washing machines in that day, all right? And uh, Jeremiah has been wearing this for several weeks and it is dirty and smelly. And, and they don't have garbage cans that they take out to the garbage bin that they take out to the street, and the garbage man comes and picks it up and hauls it away. If something is dirty and smelly in Jeremiah's day, you bury it. It's the only way to cover up the smell we've got to see this. Um, this is exactly what God is saying and telling the people of God is going to happen. They're going to be buried in Babylon because they are no longer good representatives of who he is. The, the nation of Babylon is going to come and destroy the people of God in Judah and Jerusalem and cart them off to be buried in Babylon where nobody will pay attention to them anymore. So we have to kind of wrestle with that and say, God's probably not going to cart us off to Babylon, but there may be real consequences if we're not being good representatives of God in the world. It's tough being an Old Testament prophet, yeah? Um, I, I want you to, uh, it, it gets even weirder, Right? As you go on in the story, uh, Jeremiah has gone to the Euphrates or this other place, and he's buried it, and, uh, and then he's left, and he's walked away, right? Can you imagine the freedom that Jeremiah must have felt literally, right? He, he is free of the smell. Uh, he's free of the rigid uh, uncomfortableness of the, un, uh, of the underwear, and, uh, and he's, he's finally free. And then God says, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to go and unbury that underwear, It's like a horror movie, right, where the villain just never dies, right? It just keeps coming back over and over again. So uh, Jeremiah goes and he unburies the underwear and he looks at it and he says, Behold, it is spoiled. It is ruined. It is good for nothing. Let me just show you this. Any guesses what that is? Nobody wants to say it. I didn't open it in first service. There's actually things growing on it, believe it or not. Um, No, that's underwear. Yeah. Um, This is what Jeremiah would have been looking at. Um, This is what the people of God looked like. Because they didn't listen, because they were full of pride, because they continued to go away from God, this is the state that they were left in. Um, I won't tell you whose underwear this is. I won't tell you what has been smeared all over it. And I won't tell you that, I will tell you that it's been buried in my backyard for the last 30 days. A little side note, it's kind of funny to be yelling out of your open door saying, hey, did you water the underwear today? The things that your pastor does for you. Um, Oh, you're just going to spill all that water there, chief. Um, How many of you do the laundry in your house? Uh, I do the laundry in my house, and uh, it's kind of one of the ways that I uh, help serve my family on, uh, on Mondays. I try to take care of, of my family by doing the laundry, and it's been really interesting trying to fold clothes on one foot uh, for this season of my life. But um, uh, I usually try to take all the stuff out of the pockets, right, so that none of that stuff uh, gets in the way uh, and doesn't, you know, uh, make the the washing machine all, all yucky. Um, there are certain stains, right, that I'll kind of catch as I'm looking at the shirts, right, and I'll spray them or I'll try to, you know, spot clean them beforehand. And I'm not very good at that, so if you have any tips, uh, I'd be happy to hear them. Um, and then there are there are other stains where I just kind of say. I'm not touching that. And uh, why don't you just throw that away? Yeah? Anybody ever had stains like that? So those stains, uh, just let it be, but it's okay. Um, Those stains kind of make me understand uh, the heartbeat of God when he asks this question in Jeremiah chapter 13. It's the very last verse in the chapter that we haven't read yet. Uh, But the very last verse, God himself says, how long will it be before you are made clean? And I understand that question on way too many levels. I understand what it's like to look at dirty things and not want it anymore. I understand what it's like to look in the mirror and say, how long will it be before you are made clean? And I can understand the heartbeat of God that longs for his people to be connected and follow him. And God himself says, how long will it be before you are made clean? And I find it fascinating that it's God himself that asks that question because it seems like God alone knows the answer. Yeah? That God alone knows the answer. How long will it be before you are made clean? And and God is asking that question, but he also knows that that he will one day send another prophet to Jerusalem and that that prophet will do incredible sign acts in front of many people. Um, and, and fittingly, uh, this prophet that is sent by God would do um, uh, sign acts that involve underwear. Uh, uh, one story uh, tells us how uh, this prophet sent by God was, was traveling with his group of buddies and, uh, and they got to their destination and they, and they went up to the, to the, to the room and this, this prophet took off his outer robe and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he got down on his hands and his knees and he washed the feet of his buddies. And he said, I've done this to show you love and now I want you to go and love other people the same way. And hours days later, this same prophet sent by God would be handed over to men that hate him, and uh they would strip him of his clothes and they would beat him within an inch of his life and uh and they would look at him and call him useless and they nailed this prophet sent by God to a cross and uh God himself would look at that prophet that he sent and call him dirty. Because this prophet, who knew no sin became sin for us, he took our place. And all of our filth, and all of our dirt, and all of our smell got put on his shoulders. And what do you do with dirty, useless things? You bury it. And he was buried in a tomb for three days. But just like Jeremiah, God doesn't leave buried things buried. He sends an angel, and that angel rolls back the stone. But but here's where the story changes from Jeremiah, because uh, the Son of God, the prophet sent by God, does not walk out smelly and dirty and useless. He walks out sparkly, crystal clear. Having finished the work of God in front of him, he walks out having completed the work of of our redemption and he declares us clean, made new. And he ascends into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God. God doesn't leave buried things buried. He unburies them and makes them new. So it really dawned on me, and the and the kids' chat just now was really helpful. <laughs> um, you want to throw me that? Is it closed? Yeah. Close it first. I don't want that on me. Great. Um, way too many of us are still living like this. We're carrying our dirt and our filth around like this is the truest thing about us. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells us to knock that off. We need to stop living like we are dirty, like we are lost, and realize that we have been unburied and made clean through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Way too many of us are living like we are useless, um, like God can't use us in his kingdom. And it's time for us to knock that off. Because God unburies buried things. And what he does is he says, "Hey, you get to represent me to the rest of the world. Amen. Amen. let's pray uh jesus we uh we thank you for your work uh on the cross and in the empty tomb. Uh, we thank you for uh perfectly doing the work of God. We thank you for perfectly showing us God who he is and and how He works. Uh, we thank you for inviting us to show you, to represent you to the world around us. Would you please help us to hear that call, to be accepted, uh, to be excited about that call, um, to, to get moving and to, uh, to, to, to show you to the world around us. Would you let us live in the victory of your empty tomb? Would you help us and give us the strength and the courage to respond uh, to the incredible truth that you never leave buried things buried that you have worked in our lives that you are working in our lives and you love us and hold us very close in the name of jesus all god's people said amen